was graduating from high school, many, 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 many moons ago, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I did not know what I wanted to do when I grew up. And if I'm being honest and truthful, at 45 years old, I still don't always know what I want to do when I grow up. I had no idea what I was good at when I was 18 years old. I didn't have much in the way of passions, and the idea of more school or college petrified me. I was sort of done with the idea of school. That was something that would change. I Now I couldn't get enough school. Um, I'd do it the rest of my life if I could. Uh, I knew that the military would not be a good fit for me. Um, I don't like other people's rules so much. Uh, that just was not going to be an establishment or an organization that was going to do a whole lot for me. We would be at odds, uh, to say the least. I knew in the back of my mind that God was calling me to be in the ministry. But I was really determined at 18 years old to continue to run far, far, far away from that call upon my life. Now, this part of the story is probably not going to surprise many of you. But uh, the night of my graduation, we had, uh, I had a pastor uh, who served in many ways as a mentor in my life in my teen years and even into college a little bit, said, um, hey, you, you want to go over to McDonald's and I will buy you dinner. And I said, you had me at McDonald's. So uh, he and I went to McDonald's and I shared a little bit of my fear, my concern about the future, about the fact I didn't really want to go to college. I didn't feel like though I, I had any other options. I didn't want to disappoint God. I wanted to do what was in God's will, though, to be honest, I didn't really, knowing that I had that, that call. Um, but in those moments, I had sort of convinced myself that I wanted to do what God wanted me to do. And I had this really amazing conversation with him that night. And he taught me some really important things that I still take with me as I think about the importance of trusting God in difficult situations and when hard choices need to be made. And what he taught me was that the most important thing that I can do is faithfully follow Jesus wherever he leads. And he instilled in me in that evening and many other evenings. He instilled in me to make sure that my heart was right and that I was willing to be faithful to Jesus wherever it is that I ended up. And what I found as I lived my life, that many of the decisions that I have made through the years, where I went to college, the different jobs that I have had over the years, the amazing, beautiful, wonderful wife that I married. All of those decisions were significant. They mattered. They changed my life. 
But what was more important than that was that I was a man of character and integrity, a man of faithfulness in the midst of each of those choices. And that ultimately the choices that mattered most in the long run were the ones that were based around choosing to keep my integrity and my character and my faithfulness intact. And when I chose a college, actually when I chose several different colleges along the way, or when I've taken a job, or when I became a husband and father, the better question wasn't whether or not I made the right choices. The better question was, was I a man of character and an integrity? A man of my word, a man of faithfulness, a man who was committed to love and kindness and gentleness. Am I a man committed to cultivating a heart and life for Jesus, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of where those choices take me? That's the deeper and the more important question that will influence the choice of college that we go to, the jobs that we take, the person that we will marry, the kids that we will potentially have, the deeper question, the most important question is, are we faithfully responding to the call that Jesus places on our life to be disciples? This is important because how we live our lives and what we do will all come from that. When we make that decision to faithfully follow Jesus wherever he leads, it's going to change the trajectory of our lives. Because how we live and what we believe are vitally important. Jesus believed this, he taught this, he lived this. Which brings me to our scripture reading this morning. If you would turn with me in your Bibles or uh, on your Bible apps to Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. In our text this morning, we see two different kinds of calls from Jesus. Two different kinds of calls that he puts onto our lives. And the first comes to us through Mark's account of Jesus' first words. Jesus says, the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus proclaims the nearness of the kingdom of God, and then he instructs his listeners 
to repent and to believe the good news. In repentance, we are called to live well. And in Jesus' call to believe, we are reminded of the importance of believing the right things, and in particular, most importantly, to believe in Jesus. This is the first call upon our lives, the call for us to change our lives, to think differently, to act differently than we had in the past. It's a call to get our hearts right with God and to believe in Jesus. This is a call for us to put our faith and trust in Him. A call to pursue a life of holiness and to trust the sufficiency of Christ to save us. This is a call for us to become new creations in Jesus. A call to surrender our hearts to Him so that we might be changed from the inside out. So that our hearts, our minds, our attitudes, our affections would all be changed and put in alignment with God's heart, with His mind, with His attitudes and affections. And it's a call for us to understand the reality of the kingdom of God and our place within it. A call to a new way of life and to understand the already and not yet of the the truth of the kingdom. To understand that Jesus has ushered in the kingdom of God and that we are heirs with him in that kingdom and that the fullness of that kingdom is yet to come. We may see the reality of the kingdom breaking into the lives of others or into our own lives, but we must live in the tension of the already and the not yet of the kingdom of God where one day we will see the fullness of that kingdom come to bear on creation where one day Jesus will return and set all things new and right and so Jesus calls us to repent and to believe to believe in him and to have our lives changed forever because of it that is the first call that Jesus puts upon our lives to repent, and to believe. And the second call is to follow Him. Mark goes on to tell us about the the call stories of Simon and Andrew and James and John. Their calls into discipleship, their calls into following Jesus. In both instances, Jesus simply calls out to them, Come, follow me. And all four men left everything behind. Everything behind to follow Jesus. Simon and Andrew left behind their boat, their fishing business, to become fishers of men. And John and James left behind their family, their father, and the small business that they would most likely inherit one day to do the same. And that second call that Jesus puts upon us is a call to live on mission to follow him, to learn from him, to minister like him, to understand him and his mission, and to follow in his footsteps after he is gone. 
This call requires sacrifice. It requires our trust. It requires us to live a life dedicated to go where He leads us. It requires us to be willing to lay down everything for the mission. In other places throughout the gospel, Jesus uses language like count the cost or if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For he has said, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. That is not an easy call. It doesn't only require a lot from us. It requires everything from us. Jesus said himself, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Jesus tells us up front, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't give us like a Jesus juke where he, he says one thing and then actually expects something else. He tells us up front that the Christian life is hard. It's sacrificial. It requires the whole of who we are. The call is simple. Come, follow me. But there is very little that is easy about living that call out day to day throughout our life. Jesus tells us the cost is high and that we should weigh the cost before we make the decision to follow. Often, we try to separate these two calls to make our lives a little bit easier. But the call to repent and believe and then to follow Jesus on mission are both part of what it means to live the Christian life. Anything different than living into both of these calls is a fundamental misunderstanding of the gospel. There are many who live out that first call. They believe in Jesus and they've repented of their sin. They have this moment where they have experienced salvation, where they have said a prayer and chosen to trust in Christ as their Savior. But that's where it stops for them. They had that moment, they're saved, and they're good. They can't be bothered with the other portion of the call to follow. They don't grow in their faith. They don't live on mission. They are content to have prayed their prayer of salvation without ever really, without ever really following Jesus beyond that. They have answered yes to the first call, but have largely ignored the second. And on the other hand, we have folks who live on mission. They seek to care for the poor. They fight for justice. They often sacrifice for others and, and live on mission. They've answered that second call, but have never repented or believed. They've never acknowledged their sin. 
never acknowledged their need for Jesus and consequently have never put their trust or faith in Him. And far too often, our churches are made up of people who have answered one call and not the other. It's rare to find a person who believes, who truly walks in repentance with a heart to, to, to change their minds, to change their hearts. but also answers that call to follow Jesus day in and day out, every day of their lives. The Christian life is made up of both. And yet often we make it one-dimensional. We make it really about whatever feels comfortable for us. If we like to help people, to care for them, we tend to find ourselves in that second call camp. Yeah, we love the idea of mission, but to walk in faithfulness and trust in Christ, nah, I'm, I'm okay with not, not doing that. And the other side of the equation, we got people who are more than happy to say, yep, I trusted Jesus 50 years ago, but their life has had no demonstration of anything beyond that in terms of faith. Neither one of those is what it looks like to live fully into the Christian life. We are called to both repent and believe and to follow him faithfully day in and day out, whatever the cost might be. We must entrust our lives to Christ through belief and repentance and to pursue holiness while becoming fishers of men. And if I have any advice to give to our graduates this morning and really to any one of us this morning, it's to say yes to both of those calls that Jesus puts upon our lives. To say yes to repentance and belief and to say yes when Jesus says, come, follow me. Which brings me to our main idea this morning. The Christian life consists of both placing our faith in Jesus and living on mission. In our head shape, that thing that we need to, to wrap our heads around this morning, we need to know that living on mission should come from a changed heart. To live on mission, to become fishers of men, to follow Jesus, counting the cross, uh, counting the cost or carrying the cross, all of that, it starts with the repentance and belief. And as we repent, as we believe, Jesus changes our hearts from the inside out and drives us deeper into mission, deeper in to being all that he has called us to be. And our heart change this morning is this. We need to experience a changed heart which will lead us into living on mission or to living out our faith. Our life change is this. Let us commit to answer yes to the call to repentance and to believe as well as the call to live on mission, the call that Jesus 
simply gives as come, follow me. The Christian life, the life of a disciple is more than a call to salvation and it's more than a call to service. Both are required and the gospel contains both a call to belief and a call to holiness, a call to service. First, we get the call to believe in Jesus. and We repent, we believe, we become new creations, but that is just the beginning for us. We are then called to follow, to live our lives for him. We are called to go where he leads. If you are stuck this morning, having only ever answered that first call, then I invite you to consider the second call. I invite you to consider Paul's words from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, when he tells us, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works so that nobody can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. If you had said yes to service, but haven't answered yes in repentance and in belief, then consider Jesus' first words in Mark again. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And if you haven't committed yourself to either of those calls this morning, well, I invite you to say yes to both. To repent and believe and to follow Jesus to become fishers of men. Both, Paul, uh, both calls are part of what it means to live the Christian life. Discipleship is more than our salvation, and it is more than mere service. It's both belief and and action. The action does not earn our salvation. It is a result of our salvation. And both are required of us for discipleship. Earlier this week, as sort of, I guess, the final component before ordination for me in a few weeks, uh, Jessica and I had to go meet the, the, the Meg board uh, for our conference. Uh, the, the whole thing was sort of an opportunity for them to get to know Jess. They get to see me a ton through the process, but they don't really get to see her much. Uh, so it was an opportunity for them to, to get to know her and her awesomeness. Um, but in the midst of that meeting, uh, I was reminded of an event that I had experienced. They had asked us about spiritually significant times in our lives. When I was in my early 20s, I went with a friend to a U2 concert in Pittsburgh, uh, back when Three River Stadium was still a thing and still standing. We went to, my friend and I went to go see U2, and there was this song that come, came on that, that they were singing. It's called, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Maybe it's a song that you're familiar with. But at that concert, there were somewhere between 30 and 40,000 people in Three Rivers Stadium singing the song called I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. And in that moment, I recognized 
how many people are looking for meaning? How many people are looking for purpose in their lives? How many people are trying to find hope? Trying to find salvation? It was sort of a catalyst moment for me. Because the world is full of of people who need Jesus. And as the church, it's our job to point them to Him. So much brokenness in the world around us. So many people hurting. So many people who are experiencing deep pain, deep brokenness, who just... They don't know where to turn. They don't know where to go. They, they feel disconnected from everybody else. And they need to hear these two different calls. A call to repent and believe. A call to live differently. A call to change their lives and put their faith and trust in Jesus. but also a call that it's not just about us. We live in a world full of other people who are experiencing the same pain, the same brokenness, the same lostness that we've all experienced and felt at different points in time in our lives. Now, there are a lot of different ways to get that message across. A lot of different ways and forms of trying to share that with others. But that is our fundamental message as the church of Jesus Christ, as the body of Christ. A call to change your life through Jesus, through belief in Him, and then to follow Him wherever He leads us. The invitation, the words are simple. Repent and believe. Come and follow him. The journey after, the response, it's a challenging one. It's a difficult one. There is no place that I would rather be than in the care and concern, the will of God. Heard that, Chuck. There is no better, safer place to be. And safe is sort of a relative term because he can take us to some dangerous places. But safe in terms of nothing can hurt us that God won't allow. There's tremendous difficulty in this life. Tremendous pain. Tremendous agony that we have all seen or experienced on some level. The only thing that we have, the only thing that we have to offer as a church, the only thing I have to offer as a pastor, as a human being, someone a whole lot greater and bigger than me. A long time ago, I made the decision to repent and believe and made the decision to follow wherever he will lead. I have not always loved or loved the places that that has taken me. But there is no better place to be 
and in the care and in the love and in the hands of God. Would you pray with me? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning acknowledging that you have called us to repent and believe and to follow you where you lead. Lord, as we consider those words, we pray that you would help us to truly count the cost. That you would help us to understand what true discipleship looks like. That we would acknowledge that faith is more than a salvation moment and it is more than service, but it is both of those things at play within our lives. Lord, help us to live true to the fullness of the gospel. We pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.